World Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copyvasta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepy Podsta, the Creepy Pasta Podcast. Hello, this is Creepypodsta. It's, you're aware by now of what the show is. I'm Jeff Kowalski. I host it. And here uh, with me are some guests. Oh man, I never get to the guests this early, but I started that sentence with no way out. And now I have to, I'm trapped. I have to introduce the guests now. Uh, both of them are returning guests. Please welcome back to the show, Catherine Marino. Hello. And Nick Wood. Hello. And the story we're talking about this week is called 1999. Um, it was suggested by a listener. And as soon as I bring up this spreadsheet of all the suggestions that I keep, I will be able to tell you exactly what it. Now, the spreadsheet has loaded, but it hasn't given me the choice at the bottom to switch to the second tab. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I'm clicking on the second tab now. Can I I'm just scrolling say, down. Jeff, Jeff, yeah, I want to say, I listen, I've listened to your show for a long time, and you are a master of filling air, and that is a, <laughs> yeah, you a compliment. Are. And I, I mean, I, I have to do it. <laughs> it's very if good. I, yeah, if I don't fill the uh, air, then there will be dead air that I have to edit it out. So instead, I just I have to keep talking. I mean, that's the whole point of hosting a show. And I all I often bring people on who don't have experience with podcasts, mm-hmm. and I need to be able to direct the flow of the conversation as well. Um, I have the information I needed up. It was uh, recommended by Patreon supporter Kent Hall and uh, Twitter person named Tyler Hendricks. Um, uh, I don't know. I feel comfortable using the full names because it was in the Facebook group and the display name was on Twitter. Mm -hmm. If someone had like privately emailed me, I wouldn't do that, but uh, oh well. (laughs) I mean, I think Kent Hall is literally the name of a superhero. I'm pretty sure that's Dr. Fate's name, so it's not a big deal. Uh, Anyway, also Tyler Hendricks shares a name with a popular cartoonist. um, So I don't know. Anyway, this story is called 1999, and from the suggestion list, Nick chose it for us. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have him uh, describe it, and I'm going to keep uh, going in my head, oh, is that what happened? Because I was uh, sort of half asleep while reading it, and I'm pretty (laughs) sure I I hallucinated parts of the story uh, and imagined others. So A hallucination uh, probably would have been more thrilling than this story. To start yeah, off on a bad uh, this story is in <laughs> of, uh, it's the style of, of Candle Cove, like lost episode type, uh, but sort of formatted more like a um, Ted the Caver. Uh, or yeah, it's got the Ted the Caver blog style, um, but it also just like has lists of creepy descriptions of creepy videos. Like, um, what is it normal porn for normal people? Oh. I think is. I don't think we've covered that one on the show, or have we? I don't remember. Um, we've done almost a hundred of these, uh, but yeah, this this one's a real greatest hit of classic creepy pasta tropes and formats. So uh, start us start us off. I feel like maybe a computer wrote it like with. An- 
an algorithm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the first AI generated uh, creepypasta. Yeah. They just fed in the whole wiki and were like, hey, make up your own new one. What will Facebook be up to next? Am I right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, this creepypasta, like you said, it's in a blog format. It takes place over the course of five years. If I'm not mistaken, he just kept updating it like once a year for five years. And it's pretty extensive and not a lot happens. It follows a blogger named Elliot. And he kind of just details the course of him trying to put together and learn about this creepy local news station that he remembered from a kid uh, back in the year 1999, which is uh, kind of where they get the idea for the name of the story. He... Uh, it, it takes place over five years, and uh, most of the time he's talking, like you said, about the episodes of the shows that he saw on, on the network, or whatever you want to call it. It was a station called Local Caledon 21, if I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah, I don't know if it's Caledon or Caledon. Uh, I know we have a town in near where I live that is spelled the same, but with an H instead of a C, and it's pronounced Hailden, so I don't know. Oh, weird. <laughs> Uh, that makes no sense. It's a Canadian town, so if there's any Canadian listeners, maybe you can let us know how, how you pronounce it. But I'll probably just kind of go over the major notes, because not a lot happens, and it's kind of just a list of stuff. Um, we start off in mid-1999, during the height of Pokemon, which is important to the story, because our narrator, Elliot, wanted to watch Pokemon all the time, but he'd have to fight his dad for uh, TV time, because his dad would like to watch the news when Pokemon was supposed to be on. So his dad ends up getting him an old TV that could only, I think it only used bunny ears, so it didn't get the channel that Pokemon was on. And I think, Which is weird, because it was on uh, Warner Brothers, which is, or the WB rather, right. uh, it was it was yeah. like uh, or it might have was it on? No, I don't think it had switched to Fox. The like four kids block. Yeah, it was on WB at the time, and yeah, that was, is an yeah. o that's an over the air channel. So I think that this person either didn't watch Pokemon as a kid. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's, just made a mistake about how channels work. That's either possible or I just chalked it up to I don't know how things work in Canada. It could have been different. Oh, that's a good point. Um, it's Canada. Who can, knows? There's also the other issue is that the channels are all sequential. He says he only gets 20 channels and it's channels 1 through 20. Yeah. And I've I mean, never seen that before with over-the-air TV. <laughs> the, the other thing that kind of we'll get to, I guess I can talk about it now. He says that this channel that he finds only comes over bunny ears because it's a weaker signal and mm. I don't feel like that's how it works. I could be wrong. It's, yeah, I don't think that's how it works either. Uh, I don't know much about television frequencies. I think there's... <laughs> it's not like radio. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think UHF is weaker but goes longer distances, and yeah. uh, VHF is uh, higher quality but can't go as far. So maybe this was a UHF station, and so um, uh, be able fair. to be picked up by the rabbit ears. Uh, I don't know. I, I think so. what he was trying to say was if you had cable, like real TV, that you wouldn't get it. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't bother. That's what be. That was my head edit. Right, yeah, so yeah. from my understanding, if I remember the story correctly, Pokemon was supposed to be on channel 21, so he plugged that in. No, he was trying to discover new channels, so he yeah. hit 21 on the remote and it took him to local Caledon 21. And that's where we learn about two shows that he saw most of the time 
on this network. The first show was called Booby. It was... <laughs> yeah, no, it kind of ruins your suspension of disbelief. Um, just a silly name. <laughs> this is a show where the characters are just hand puppets, and I I don't know if there was any drawings on them. He just says that the characters are hands, so I assume that they're hand puppets. And this sets up the theme for all the shows that he talks about, and pretty much any show in any creepypasta ever, which is that... The camera just kind of looks at nothing happening for half an hour. The camera's just, like, pointed in one place, and then, like, the hand... Like, in this episode of Booby, the hand is smacking a ketchup bottle for several, several minutes until another hand comes along and says, let's do it together. And then they hit the ketchup bottle together for more minutes until ketchup goes all over the table, and the narrator kind of laughs a little bit. That sounds like an actual real kid's TV show. Like, one of the baby... Like, the toddler's TV shows. I feel like that's real. Um, for, I guess some of them. PBS has some really bad shows. I have a, a daughter that's starting to watch TV, so... Um, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's painful. Um, Little Einsteins is the worst show I've ever seen, so... I've heard. <laughs> uh, but things actually happen. Uh, the other show is Mr. Bear's Cellar, and it was a show about a dude in a bear mascot costume, and he's just like in this decrepit old cellar, and the first episode that we learn about Mr. Bear is sitting and playing checkers alone, and apparently it, it looks like the same room that Booby was filmed in, it's like at the same table or something. Um, and then he leads a bunch of kids in and they sing a song together, I believe. And, uh, yeah, I think the kids are not into singing the song. Yeah. He kind of has to like coax them into it. Um, and I think that goes along with the trope that kids singing is always creepy in every story. Yeah. I guess is what they're trying to hit on there. And then the last- Yeah, we had, uh- Kagame Kagame a while ago, and that was a prime example of kids singing being a creepy thing, because they Mm -hmm. sing like a Japanese version of Ring Around the Rosie or something. Yeah. I think that's always the go-to creepy story as well. Um, The last show that we learn about is Soup and Spoon, and I think I'm going to miss some details here, because I was kind of skipping over this part, but it's like a long shot of a spoon tied to a can of soup and they just kind of swung back and forth in front of the camera, and then, like, some dude's like, grab your spoons, or what does he say? Something like that, but it's also, I think that was the one where he's like, it wasn't very long, but then he said it was, like, 30 minutes, and I'm like, uh, 30 minutes of... (laughs) That's very long. Yeah, well, he said that, he said it was... Spoons ready is what they would say, Spoons ready, yeah. He said that it was, like, supposed to be some TV movie special, but then it was 30 minutes, and it was... I don't know how you can say it's a TV movie special when (laughs) it's just a spoon tied to a can of soup, and then a guy says spoon ready. I guess because the other shows were, like, five to ten minutes, and this one didn't have other episodes. It was just, like, a half-hour special. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's still a weird observation. Very special episode, Mr. Fairy Seller. Yeah. <laughs> Super special. Get it? Oh. <laughs> oh, oh. Sorry, I had to. I had to. So, the summer goes on, and the shows get weirder. Like, he goes over to his friend's house and remembers... He kind of forgets about Local 21 for a long time until he goes over to his friend's house and like, Hey, let's turn on Local 21. And they come across an episode of Booby where Booby's girlfriend is forcing like a child's hand to stay still while Booby stabs it with scissors or cuts it with scissors. Um, 
And then there was also, this wasn't when he was staying over the night, but there was an episode of Mr. Bear where he was just like standing in a staircase arguing with, with a young boy and draws, his, draws some F-bombs at the boy. So, Elliot chalks it up to, hey, this is just for teenagers. I'm not going to say anything about it. This isn't directed at me. Um, I'm watching it late at night, so I'm going to see some stuff I'm not supposed to see. Um, also, he doesn't want to get his TV taken away. Yeah, my dad. I mean, if you're if all you're watching is these weird shows, I wouldn't be too concerned about getting your TV taken away. But that's just me, I guess. Um, I mean, one. Of, I think the second episode described is like uh, a booby episode where someone cuts a finger off. Yeah, he cuts a little kid's yeah. finger. Yep. So. Um, Gross. Yeah, if I were a kid, I would uh, I'd probably say something. Then again, I was kind of skittish as a kid, so maybe not. It's really weird the way the episode descriptions are ordered in this story, because there's so much stuff after that uh, gruesome moment that is, like, not creepy. Yeah, it's, like, not... It's There's this bl- giant lull of, like, four years worth of updates that nothing creepy happens in. Um, I can't remember if it was in the first update when he goes to the house. Um, no, that came... I don't, in- I don't remember. It all blends together. Yeah, no, that was in the first up. No, it wasn't. I don't know. It doesn't matter because um, it's all one story. He, uh, the thing I know at the end of the first update, he says something like, um, "The reason I'm telling you this story is because it's all coming back, and Mister Bear is trying to reach out to me." And then he never says that Mister Bear ever tried to reach out to him. And anytime he, he says a like prank, exactly. Email. Anytime he gets an email from quote unquote Mister Bear, he's like, "Oh, you guys are just trying to prank me." But then you also say that Mister Bear is trying to contact you. Um, anyway, going back to the story here, um, there's sure. an episode of Mr. Bear where he's like, you can, uh, come to my house and we'll go camping and hang out and sing songs. Here's my address. And then the address was just on the screen for like 20 minutes or something like that for the rest of the episode. So he goes to his dad and says, Hey, I want to write Mr. Bear a letter. So he does. And he gets a response back from Mr. Bear. Um, says, Dear Elliot, thank you ever so much for your letter. I would love to have you in my cellar. We play games, watch movies, and go fire camping in the middle of the woods. And yes, Booby lives in my cellar. He is a good friend of mine. Come to my house at... And then the police cut out the address. Caledon, Ontario, Canada. I look very forward to having you... Wait, having fun with you. Love, Mr. Bear. And uh, that's where the first update ends. Um, The second update starts where I think he's on his way to the house, to the address where Mr. Bear lives. And as they're pulling up, they see this decrepit old house and the dad's kind of in disbelief. He's like, this looks like the wrong place. So he keeps checking the address and and sure enough, it's the right address. And as they pull up and start to get out of the car, police come out of the house. So Elliot's like, what the heck is going on? And they um, pull the dad aside and tell him some mysterious stuff. And his dad tells him to go back to the car. Um, And he didn't find out what happened until years later when he's finally writing these blog posts. Um, I don't think I missed anything there, right? (laughs) No, I don't believe so. It's, it re it's the story really drags. It's like nothing spooky is happening. He's like, Oh, let's see what's up with this house. They go to the house. Mr. Bear's already been arrested and it's not a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So he never even meets Mr. Bear. They never found him or they said they never found Mr. Bear. They found, they found who he was and then he ran away, I guess. Yeah. Rather than he was arrested. Yeah. Um, 
So then the next update picks off. Like he went on a forum to see if anyone else had seen Local 21, and some po- people had posted about two more shows. Uh, there was The Fallen Angel and Life. Uh, it says it was a boring show about a guy rambling on and on from the camera about how he must please Satan and appease him before it is too late. And there was another show called Paint with the Soul where uh, it was like Blair Witch-like where it's just a camera guy walking through the forest and not really doing anything. Um, and that's I'd watch that. What's that? I'd watch that channel. That show. <laughs> it's probably very soothing. Yeah. yeah. It's like Bob Ross, right? It's just kind of right. like background noise and makes you feel good. Um, that's literally the level of description we get on these two shows, though. So... It, I don't feel like that's effective at, like, those are creepy concepts if you went into them, but he never really does. Um, man, it really does drag on from there. He goes meets to... Meets those kids oh, yes. later. So, so, like... Oh, yeah, he meets some kids who are like, oh, that guy lives in a big drain pipe. Yeah, so he, he starts his own investigation, and he goes back to the house. He's, like, looking in the house, and there used to be a daycare there. It's no longer there. It's abandoned. He goes around to see if the sea can get into the cellar, and it's all padlocked up. Um, and then he goes into the forest. He didn't he, try hard enough. That's true. He just looked at it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, would be like, where's a rock? <laughs> yeah. Um, which I thought that's kind of where the story was going to go. That he was going to go back to this house and try to look into it and really try to find Mr. Bear. Um, but we'll save the ending of the story for later. It, spoiler, it's disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he, when he's at this house, he goes into the woods where he thinks Mr. Bear um, went with the kids. And there's these teenagers that show up and they're like, get out of our fort. And he talks to them and he's like, hey, have you ever heard of Local 21 and Mr. Bear? And like, oh, everyone has. Yeah, he's this local legend. He lives in this drain pipe and they tell him how to get to this drain pipe. Um, so he goes down there and it's not big enough for anyone to live in. So he just kind of leaves. He doesn't see anything. He just leaves, goes back home. Um, there's other segments of this story where he talks to his dad's old friend who is an ex-cop and he pulls some strings and he's able to see VHS tapes of, uh, different shows that were recorded in the cellar that they, the police recovered. Um, yeah, that's a real thing that would happen. Yeah. <laughs> the police showing you tapes of a crime. Yeah, they're not using him for evidence at all, but yeah. They're yeah, he's not noise. a witness. He's yeah. just like, hey, can I watch those tapes? Like, what? No, you can't. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure, it's Canada. You asked nicely. <laughs> yeah, you said sorry, <laughs> and we let you watch it. Um <laughs> I'm trying to find any of the interesting ones that they had shown, but none of them really stand out. One, there's just Booby, he's swaying back and forth, and that's about all that happens. Um, there's a, a paint with the soul where the guy just talks about how humans are garbage and he needs to take the garbage out. Um, there's a Mr. Bear Cellar... Um, where where nothing creepy happens. Yeah, sorry. No, yeah, in this one he has a bunch of orange juice that he puts in shot glasses and then puts um like vitamin quote unquote vitamin C or something in them and makes the kids drink it and yeah. it doesn't say what that is as an unknown liquid. I assume that it was like bleach or something. Yeah, it's uh, just like uh, generic spooky juice. Yeah, and it's not spooky at all. Um, I don't think there's anything else that stands out up until we get to the last two videos. Um, there's one where... Oh, man, I'm going to have trouble remembering this one. Um, he's Is like... It- 
he's got these uh, like bodies on a trailer or something under a tarp and he the camera shows like this hole dug in the ground and he's like I'm going to put them in a great place and I'm I got another yeah, yeah. green maker or something like that um and then the video cuts off before anything really bad happens. Um, there's another video where he sticks a kid's hand over an open flame until all the flesh peels back and then there's nothing but bone left on the hand. Um, typical torture porn type, type of stuff. And they sing a church song in the background. What yeah. happens? Uh, the last two videos in the story, Paint with the Soul Episode 2, How to Find Berries, mm-hmm. uh, and Booby Episode 39, Pinata Party, are completely devoid of horror content, which mm-hmm. is a really weird way to end your story. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not that they try and fail, it's that they don't like the, the How to Find Berries is a guy walking around an abandoned building sort of nervously, and then he moves a mattress out of the way, and there's a, like, plastic container of berries, and he eats some of them. Yeah, it's in an alleyway, right? And yeah. a Party, um, it doesn't say it's... Uh, I see. Pinata party, uh, the booby part, like the normal episode part is normal, and then it cuts away to a guy getting beat to death with a baseball bat. So yeah, that, I guess that's scary. It was one of the kids' dads or something. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Um, there's, he also got a couple emails from a, a Mr. Bear, like he gets a poem from Mr. Bear, and one that says basically hey i saw you come by the drain pipe and uh he said you would come i assume he's talking about satan and he's like uh i'm gonna take you to my cellar and we'll still have fun there and so he's like oh thanks for cheering me up with that prank email community (laughs) totally totally not real um that definitely couldn't be mr bear at all and uh thanks for the prank and then he puts he hacks into the guy's blog and leaves a poem on there and he's like oh you guys got me again (laughs) haha um which I really don't. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, it's very strange to be acting, uh, <laughs> specifically in these like while you're investigating this thing and being yes. like, "Well, it's not a problem. Nothing's wrong." Right. Even a bad detective would be like, "Hmm, maybe I should look into this more than just being like, oh, it's a prank.'" Even Mister Bean would be better at this than that. <laughs> but Pobody's perfect, right? Uh, yeah, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> true. I don't think much else happens. It kind of just ends abruptly. Um, He says that he's going to continue to seek out information, but then never does. And that last update was on June 21st, 2015. It was uh, more than two years ago, and it's been radio silence. Yep. Uh, There was some weird thing with, uh, like crucifixion setup of the bear costume at one of the crime scenes and then the last email uh, he gets just says uh, INRI which uh, was also at the crucifixion scene because then, that's the little the little placard that they put above Jesus King of the Jews. Yeah. Oh, okay I, I didn't get that meaning I was uh, very confused that they never defined that but that makes more sense now um what is the King of the Truth? Yeah, 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 that's the translation. It's like just... a, uh, a uh, you know, haha, you think you're the King of the Truth. Right, kind of like a sarcastic ah. little poke. Yeah, the sarcastic a... thing as they killed the dude. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Nazarenus Rex Iodeorum. Uh, Jesus, the Nazarene King of the Jews. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. I, I don't know why, it, even in translated accounts, it still remains I N R I, but, you know. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, like, like consistency. Yeah, it could be like JKOJ. Jesus. I don't know. <laughs> could be. Or JMKJ. Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews, uh, to keep the same letters, uh, but they don't do it that way at all. <laughs> anyway, that's not. This is not the Bible cast. It's a different show. Next episode, um, we'll cover the Bible. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff's yeah. new podcast. <laughs> yeah, that'll be what replaces the uh, Pokemon no, show. Don't the say three- that. The Pokemon show is going to go on forever. <laughs> it's it's literally already over. The last episode no, got posted no, last no, week. No. <laughs> Oh, right. I yelled at my phone. Nothing lasts <laughs> I, forever. I just there's can't so many. Keep doing there's it. so many. Yeah, there's eight hundred too. I don't want to do an eight hundred episode podcast. I don't think any podcast has. Oh, you know what? Yo is this know. racist is in the nine hundreds. Yeah, stuff you should what know. If, to. Okay, how about what if you just do one long final hurrah where? You see how many you can get to before everyone just loses their mind. Like, yeah, all we'll have Pokemon a rap. two-hour recording yeah. session where we just try to read all of the names and briefly yeah. review them. It'll end up yeah. eventually just being like the 50th strong bad email where he's like, email, 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 email. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is gonna happen, Catherine. How did this story in 1999 strike you? Did you uh, enjoy it at all? Um, the uh, <laughs> you can I say no. <laughs> no, I didn't really like it. Um, I like you know. I there's been others where it's like, oh, I found a weird channel on my TV, mm-hmm. and like there's so much. I mean, that's a good like starting point for you know a lot. Like there's a lot of ways you can go with that, but this was just so like I kept expecting things to happen in the updates and nothing yeah. ever happened and that was the most that made it more and more disappointing so even if it was just like here's some creepy shows I, saw, I, I feel like I've even like read another creepy pasta where it was just another channel and creepy shows on it and then they found out it was a dude in his basement like <laughs> but this one just kept going and nothing ever happened and yeah so I mean it was I think I mean like I don't know yeah, I, I got think, nothing. I think it's important to point out that Candle Cove was written in 2009 and this started in 2011. So I feel yeah. like it might have started off as yeah. like a Candle Cove fanfic like people like to do. And then, I mean, that's a good writing prompt yeah. if you take it in a different direction like this guy did, but he went nowhere with it. And Yeah. Uh, well, we also don't know if it was actually a blog started in 2011 or if it was presented as a full, complete story in 2015. Um, oh, fair. Uh, I guess there would be some way to find out if I looked at the edit history or something. That's too hard. That's too much work. Yeah. Let's, well, let's uh, <laughs> let's give it a shot while uh, Nick, you go over the spookiest part of this story. I'm going to see if I can find its source. Um, there's not really a spooky part. There's a lot of <laughs> horror tropes that aren't used effectively. There, I think the the creepiest part for me is the unspoken person behind the, the camera. Because there's parts where he always says Mr. Bear is the cameraman and the guy that talks and the guy that killed these kids. But there's also parts where Mr. Bear is walking around and someone's holding the camera. Yeah, there's definitely more than one person. So I I thought that he was going to set up like, this is the twist. The person behind the camera is like this cop guy that I've been talking to this whole time. And yeah. that would have been effective if he had set up all this stuff and then it paid off. And that would have like probably sent chills up my spine, but it, it unfortunately went nowhere. So... Yeah. yeah, I was kind of hoping for the same thing when, like, he would describe scenes in the show where they're like, someone's holding the camera, it's moving, 
and then there's two adult hands doing something else. Yeah. Or there's Booby and his girlfriend, which would have to be two hands, and then someone's making a kid hold up his hand. So there's obviously no one has three hands. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, I can't say that for sure. But <laughs> the universe like, is infinite, so yeah, it's true. And so, like, there's why did he never touch on that? Like, that would have been very spooky. So, my fake spookiest part is this mysterious person that I made up in my head. <laughs> I don't think you made it up. I mean, he <laughs> he had to know that he was saying that there's another person. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Catherine, what about you? What's the spookiest part for you? Um, okay, so two spooky things I had, because I always have to have more than one because I'm selfish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, having a dad who will, like, like let you, like, drive you to a, like, read that letter and then drive you to an address. Like, where you can clearly, like, even in 1999, you could camera. figure out that something's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Like, didn't we have, didn't we have, like, a map quest then? I don't think I we did. I can't remember. 1999. Wait, 1999. That was even for the college. I feel like I printed out directions then, but I could be wrong. Well, let's Google MapQuest, and I will see the Wikipedia page, and it will tell me when MapQuest was founded. We had real maps? We had real maps! Well, how was it founded in 19... Oh, I see. It was founded as Cartographic Services. Yeah. So they were just like a map company uh, before the service MapQuest was invented. Um, We had real maps. I remember now. There were actual maps, and you could look up addresses on maps. You're making stuff up now. Uh, I've never heard of that. AOL... (laughs) AOL uh, bought them in 2000. I feel like that's probably when they became the, uh, like, mapping service online. Yeah, so... Although, uh, sorry, the code was developed for use uh, from 1996 and was changed to renamed MapQuest in 99. That's pretty cool. That is old. Okay, there we go. Oh, okay, and the other creepy... The thing that was actually creepy was him filming the garbage and saying people are garbage. I'm like, oh, God, I think I've done that. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> Are you a sociopathic person that runs around in a bear costume? No, I haven't done that yet, so I think we're safe. Okay. Uh, now. So this story was um was actually started in twenty eleven and updated over the years. Um possibly by multiple authors. Um okay. I'm not sure. Uh it's it, the first post was by a user called Giant Engineer. Um, oh, I kind of like that name. Uh, the other stuff was like spelling, grammar, adding categories, um, and then so, <laughs> there's an update. Yeah, in but there 2013. are still spelling errors. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot of annoying <laughs> things like that in here, but. There's a 2013 update where someone says, okay, guys, this page is finished, just like Ted the Caver. The author says he's going to continue, but he never does because some monster got him or whatever. So I'm taking off the tag. This pasta is a full fleshed out pasta. And that is two years before <laughs> the actual... Out pasta. Yeah, gross. Ew. That's two years before the actual completion of the story, which I find interesting. Huh. Oh, I thought of another thing he could have done to make it actually scary, and uh, as I said that, I forgot what it was. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. I, um, I got... Oh, because uh, yeah, he referenced ahead. all the Jesus stuff and, like, um, like fallen angel stuff. Like, what if he was actually, like, a fallen angel? Like, cause, you know, angels are supposed to be actually kind of vengeful and amoral and... Not, or, well, not exactly, but, you know, they're not supposed to have human kind of sensibilities. Like a lot of times they go around killing people. So what if you want dogma? The documentary dogma. (laughs) 
My favorite one. Yes. Errol Morris did that one. Um, oh I think my spookiest part is probably that hand burning. That was pretty creepy. It was like well described and seeing that yeah. would be pretty upsetting. Yeah. Um, but most of the rest of the story is just kind of meandering. It doesn't have a core focus. Um, a lot of people don't understand the um, the reason Kendall Cove works. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason it works is because it's like a page and a half, takes about five minutes to read, and has right. a singular central twist to the story mm-hmm. that every line of the story is building up to. This story has way too much stuff going on and yeah. it also Ultimately, like you nothing said going on <laughs> there's so so many events that all are just inconsequential because it doesn't build any kind of twist or resolution it's just like here's some spooky imagery and i'm investigating where it came from and my investigation has yielded no results that are meaningful in any way well even the stuff even the content isn't spooky like it's adjacent to spooky but it's not in fact spooky so i don't know you could do like uh the normal porn for normal people uh one which is just i think like seven different descriptions of videos that are increasingly bizarre and then violent um then none of them are pornographic is supposed to be the creepy part of it that someone just like found this website where these videos of like non-sexual things were labeled as pornography um but this doesn't like finding a bunch of videos where it's supposed to be a kid's show but they get increasingly violent could be good but you got to cut out the rest of the stuff or like investigating this mysterious channel from when you were a kid that maybe a serial killer was making could be good but you got to cut out the rest of the stuff you got to give us one thing or the other it's it's just like it's such a chore to read this story really that is. I was falling I yeah. was literally falling asleep while reading it. Uh, I was going to take a nap before our originally scheduled recording, but I wanted to finish reading the story first, just in case. Um, and I, it was just, oh, God. Wait till we get to the next one. It's just a, as much of a chore. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, no, <laughs> Bad choices are made. It's fine. I I think that we get as much uh, out of it talking about or like criticizing and discussing a poorly written story with good ideas in it as mm-hmm. we do like a well written story with good ideas in it. Um, it's. I feel like a lot of times, like, do any of these people writing these go to other people before they publish them and say, "Hey, can you give me some quick suggestions?" like read this before i post this like i feel like that would help so much so for so (laughs) many people just a draft too no i think it's just like a quick get like one and done hobby um sort of thing rather than anything quick see i I wrote one story i went i wrote one story and i did take it to people and it only got like 11 upvotes so i think if i just didn't Uh edit it then it would have been way more popular yeah, yeah, it's, it's hard to predict what's going to go viral because um, I had Cassie write that story for uh, for us on here that mm-hmm. we covered, and it didn't. It also didn't go anywhere. It got like a dozen or something, and maybe one or two comments. <laughs> It's disappointing. Anyway, that's that's all we have to say about 1999. Let's get into plugs. <laughs> uh, 1999. Yeah, we'll Sorry. party like it's 1999. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. People can find you where you where you will be partying like it's 1999. 
Me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. You cut out when... Please you, tell me. You said my name. Sorry. Um, if you want to listen to my podcast, it's called Stranger Still. We talk about weird science and stuff. We have a lot of fun. And I just... I think by the time this goes up, I'll have launched my second podcast, which is called Limited Cell. And it's a generational Hanna-Barbera cartoon review show. And uh, I record it with my dad. And it's Ooh. very endearing. Oh. Cute. I like that. I like a podcast with my dad. Yeah, it's, <laughs> Do it. it's nice just to hang out with him. It's great. <laughs> Tell us where the people can find you in the meantime before you start your dad cast, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, dad cast. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Xylor, X-Y-L-O-A-R-T. Um, the only things I post there is about how life is horrible, but you can find pictures of my cat on Facebook because I'm a weirdo who will accept random friend requests because all I do is post pictures of cats. Nothing wrong um, with that. Yeah, and, uh, but don't try and friend Jeff because he won't, do, he won't accept it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably won't do that. Uh, you can find me, of course, on Twitter, J3FK, Instagram, JeffJK, Patreon.com slash JeffJK, where you'll get two bonus episodes of podcasts and one written uh, piece, usually a story, sometimes a comic book pitch or a script each month um, for just a single dollar. Uh, if all of you give me that single dollar, I can just be a full-time podcaster. Um, so please do that. If you if you have a lot of disposable income uh, and you want to give me more, I'll send you a postcard or comic books at the different tiers. I believe the postcard is 10 and the comic books is 15. Um, so please go and do that. Uh, whatever you can contribute is great. Um, if everybody who is gave a dollar a month, that would be the ideal because then um, it wouldn't put a significant financial burden on any single listener, but would instead spread it around to all of my listeners. Um, th that's pretty much all we have to say. Go to weaponizedlanguage.com to listen to more episodes of this show and all other shows. Rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe if you haven't done that already. Um, Send harassing messages to Jeff telling him to continue the Pokemon podcast. Don't do that. I'm not going to continue the Pokemon <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, that's all we have to say about that. Thank you all for continuing to read this madness.